Nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring today. Robert Half is here to help. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Coffee? Check. Earbuds? Check. Make us part of your morning routine. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Coming up. Today on Watching Your Wealth, what are some charitable giving mistakes the wealthy need to avoid? And how to talk money with your family during the holidays. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Advice for making, keeping, and protecting your money. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. This is Veronica Dagger, and you're listening to Watching Your Wealth, where you learn all you need to know about building your wealth and protecting your money. Coming up, how to talk about money with your family during the holidays. But first, we're joined by Carol Kroc. Carol is Managing Director of Wealth and Philanthropic Planning at Wilmington Trust. Welcome, Carol. Thank you so much, Veronica. It's great to be here. My pleasure. So, Carol, folks have great intentions but may make some mistakes with their charitable giving. How come? Well, charitable giving turns out to be a little bit more complicated than people realize. It's easy to hand a charity cash. It may turn out that you didn't want to give them cash, and it may turn out that you weren't clear enough on what you hoped they would do with the cash. That's a really good point. So get clear about what you want. So let's talk more about cash. And you said that cash isn't king. Tell us why. Well, and by cash, I also include checks. Checks, right. (laughs) Most charities would rather not get piles of currency. (laughs) Um, (laughs) The reason cash isn't always king is sometimes other assets make a better gift. So, for example... If we are in a period when Congress reinstates giving from IRAs, Mm -hmm. it can be very useful to make a gift to charity from your IRA. Can't do that yet, but we're all waiting and watching to see if Congress reinstates that for 2015, which they might by year end. Other assets that can be really useful, for example, if you have stock that's appreciated in value Mm -hmm. and you've held it more than a year, if you give that to charity... You get the same charitable contribution deduction from your taxes as you would if you gave an equivalent amount of cash, but you also will never have the capital gains tax mm, on, on sale if you were to have sold it. So it's very you know, tax efficient, we call it. Yeah, for sure. And giving a stock to charity, though, that takes a few more days, obviously, than writing a check. So people need to consider that. That's right. I always say to people, don't try to do this on Christmas, on New Year's Eve. No. <laughs> because for one thing is you have to talk to your broker, but so may the charity. If you're dealing with smaller charities, they may not actually be set up to receive a gift of stock. I see. Right. So you want to check with the charity before you give any gift in general. That's right. Right. Um, so in terms of going back to the IRA point, so you're thinking we'll hear by December 31st. We, do we have to hear by 30, uh, 31st whether Congress is going to extend? or Well... We we don't have to hear by December 31st, but I think everybody hopes that we will hear, and hopefully earlier in the month than later. Um, if they enact tax extenders, that means that this rule, along with a lot of other provisions, will come back in for 2015. If they don't act, then there is no permission right now to distribute directly from your IRA to charity and not have to take it into your income first. Mm-hmm. So they're keeping us all on tender hooks. Now, one thing, talking about the IRS, folks often make the mistake of not getting timely appraisals for their donated property. Tell us more about why we need to do this and how we can go about it. 
Well, when you make a gift that's more than $5,000 in value or 10000 if it's closely held stock, in order to justify the deduction, you need an appraisal. And when you think about it, of course, you need it to be timely. The mm-hmm. fact that it might have been worth X or Y 10 years ago isn't really relevant to the gift today. Mm. So you do need to get an appraisal. And I guess the other thing that people need in terms of documentation is an acknowledgement. And there, everyone, for no matter what size gift, if it's more than $250, doesn't matter if it's property, if there isn't an acknowledgement from the charity, then there's no deduction. Oh, so you want to make sure you get that. A very, very painful mistake. That's really painful, right. Yeah, so you want to make sure you get that paperwork, and if the charity's not sending it to you, hound them until they do. Make sure you get that. What about gift agreements for larger gifts? You said that might be important. Well, that's right. I mean, this goes back to the question of, do you have something in particular in mind for a particular gift? So let's get a little more complicated, and we're now probably getting too too complicated for to complete by the end of this year, but something to think about for other years. Let's say you've got a piece of artwork and you'd like to give it to a museum, and if the museum isn't able to use it, you want them to give it to a different museum later. Mm-hmm. Well, you better put all that down on paper. Mm. Otherwise, the museum may be able to sell it or give it to a different institution that might not suit your needs. Right. And that could be heartbreaking. We, we've seen lawsuits because things, misunderstandings like that, that happening. So just be very clear. What last tips do you have for folks who are or they're thinking of making a gift before year end, a mistake to avoid, something that they should consider? Well, I think the other thing besides thinking about the assets and thinking about the documentation is to think about your income and whether this is a good year to be maybe stepping up your giving or a good year to ratchet it back. Good point. Because you're allowed to take a deduction for a substantial amount of your income. It's up to 50% of your adjusted gross income, but that drops to 30% if it's uh, an asset like a piece of art. So while most of us don't give away that much of our income, mm-hmm. if you've got the Picasso, and this is the year <laughs> right. you've decided to get give away the Picasso, you want that to be a big income year. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to use that deduction. You don't want to waste that deduction, essentially. That's right. And there is a carryover period for five years. But when it's a very large gift relative to your income, you're not going to be able to take advantage of it. Not a problem for most of us. <laughs> right. I, I'd like that problem one day. <laughs> great tips. Thank you so much, Carol. It was great to be with you, Veronica. Thanks again to Carol Kroc for joining us. Coming up, how to talk money with your family during the holidays. But first, a quick word. Traveling on business? Then take us along and stay on track. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Welcome back to Watching Your Wealth. Some families like to talk about money issues during the holiday season when everyone is together. I don't suggest doing this on the actual holidays, such as Christmas, but do it around that time is fine, provided you prepare wisely. First, let family members know the meeting is coming so they're not surprised. Set an agenda for the meeting and stick to it. Don't serve alcohol and set ground rules for the meeting. No shouting. If you think things may get messy, you might want to bring in a mediator or a financial advisor to help. 
Keep it civil and keep it productive. And realize that for whatever thorny issue you're tackling, it will likely take more than one meeting to resolve. This has been Wealth Wednesday, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Vanta. Vanta's trust management platform helps you quickly assess risk, streamline security reviews, and automate compliance for SOC 2, ISO 27001, and more. Learn how by watching Vanta's on-demand demo at vanta.com slash WSJ.